to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Whether you plan to exit your business soon or not, you need to have an exit strategy. You need to have kind of a vision for what that's going to look like. Uh, whether you plan to pass the business on, whether you plan to sell it to an outside investor, uh, whether you plan it to pass it on to current employees, you at least need to have a vision of what that's going to look like over the next few years so that you can start establishing the processes, the plans, the value in the business that you need to increase the value of your business and make it um, as valuable as you can so that you can exit should an emergency come up that forces you to do so. Today's guest is going to talk us through some of those things. And I know we've spent a couple of weeks on this, but it's important as you uh, as you kind of navigate your business to be thinking about how you may exit someday and making sure that you're planning accordingly. So um, I hope you gain some great information from Michael Van this week as he talks about uh, some of the aspects of developing an exit strategy. As always, if you have any questions, I would love for you to reach out to us. You can reach us at podcast at Employer Blueprint. Dot com And be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a note, and uh, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. Uh, you know, we're talking about um, how we exit our business. And sometimes we sit and think, oh, I don't ever plan to exit my business. But the reality is, even if you're not planning to exit your business, it's good to set your business up in a way that you could exit should you need to do so. And uh, our guest today is uh, Michael Van from Massachusetts. And um, this is kind of the world that he lives in, is helping develop these exit strategies and help uh, help business owners figure out how to um, sell their business and how to move out in a healthy way. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, as we get started here, let me just turn it over to you to share with us what your journey has looked like and what has ultimately led to where you are now. Sure. So, uh, thanks for first of all, thanks for having me. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pleasure to be here. I always uh, appreciate the opportunity to to talk to other business owners about about this topic of succession and transition planning because it's one that's really an, an inevitable topic for any business owner. You know, it's whether you like it or not, one hundred percent of us are going to exit our businesses someday. Right. Um, so, it's really good idea to have a good plan in in place as to how you're going to do that. So, our our practice has been heavily involved in the succession and transition uh, planning space for. For a number of years, um, like probably like a lot of you who are listening, we're a family-owned firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in business with my father here, my mother's here, my sister's here. So, you know, there's a lot of those those things that you always see with uh, with family businesses. And our areas of expertise have been around that area of succession transition planning for owners of small, mid-sized companies who are contemplating an exit any time from the next three to the five years in most cases. But we also work with those who are, you know, looking at a ten or a fifteen or twenty year exit, and others who are screaming, you know, just get me out today. It's time, yeah. time to go. So, yeah. we've uh, we've seen a lot of things over the over the twenty years that I've been doing this, and my father's been at it for forty. Yeah. So, whenever you started your career, did you sort of know this was the space you wanted to get into, or um, did did you kind of have something else in mind before getting into the family business? Uh, completely was the farthest thing that I ever wanted to do was get into the family business. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I was living down in the DC area, working for after college, working for a 
a Fortune 500 consulting firm and was going to go into politics and all those things. But as you know, it's usually come on a different path than what you plan. So I kind of got tired of the DC area traffic and father said, well, why don't you come home and, you know, work on the, in the consulting business. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give that a shot. And 20 years later, I'm still here. So 20 years later, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I understand how that can go. Well, so, um, Michael, let's talk about some of this a little bit. So, um, you know, there's different stages that go with a business and, and, and owning a business. Um, and so let's start sort of from the beginning. So, um, you know, the first thing that we that we think about is, hey, I'm going to start this business. Obviously, I want to make sure that it generates enough income for me to justify not working for somebody else. Um, and uh, and a lot of times, we don't even think in terms of, you know, I'm going to sell this in five years or thirty years. You know, it's it's really just I've got this idea. I want to get this thing off the ground, and I want to work for myself. I've got this kind of entrepreneurial bug that's um, that's staying with me. So. Whenever you're talking to someone and it's in that space, it's in that situation, you know, what, what's the advice that you give to them and helping them understand that there is something that's going to happen later on that they need to be prepared for? Yeah, we always advise them. And I don't, you know, obviously, if you're an early stage startup, you know, you've got a lot bigger things to worry about than how you might exit this business. You're just hoping yeah. that you're not exiting it by, by going out. Right. But once you've hit sort of that, you know, second stage of, of uh, company life where, you know, where you're yeah, you're going to survive. You're making some money. You've got employees. You really need to start to think through the process. And it's hard to tell tell a founder that, that you know, you need to start thinking about what happens in 20 or 30 years. Right. And what we do when we have our younger owners um, who aren't as concerned about, a, you know, an exit via a sale, it's you need to think about this from a contingency standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know the goal is to someday is to build this company and then have a wonderful exit to a, to a third party or to a family member, whatever it may be. But what happens you know, we call it the proverbial bus, right? That comes right. and hits you or something in life changes suddenly. Is the business positioned and prepared for continuity or so it's not a burden to your to your family? Right. You know, and that is, it's probably one of the saddest things that we see with a lot of these these businesses is you've got a entrepreneur and a founder who was running along with things great and then something unexpected happened. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, you know, the family is dealing with all this chaos Employees are, are jumping ship, you know, customers are because there wasn't this continuity planning in place to protect the business in the event right. of these unexpected events. Yeah. So even, you know, for an early stage company, even though we're thinking, yeah, I've got another 30, 40 years of my career, it's not too early to start thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And so whenever we start thinking about what um, an exit strategy looks like. We'll dive a little bit deeper here in a minute, but just real high level, kind of fundamental principle. What's kind of the most important thing people need to have on their mind as far as setting the business up to sell, you know, in the next three to five years? The thing that we always um, strive for with our, with our clients when we're talking to them about succession transition planning is we want you to be in a position to control three things. How much you're going to sell the business for, when you're going to sell it, and to who. You know, and if you can start to think through those three things, you're going to be able to create a plan that that works for you. So, you know, for some people, it's, you know, you start talking to say, well, have you done your retirement or estate planning? Yes. Great. Did you plug in a number for the for the business? Yes, I did. We plugged in X. Okay, well, let's start to see if the business is really worth X. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's not, then we know we have a certain path that we have to get to to do that. Yeah. Um, or it might be, you know what, we're not worried about the money, but I'd really love our children or employees to have it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's make sure that it's positioned now where we can do that when you're ready to do it. Yeah. So those are the initial kind of just thought process questions is when do you want to get it out? How much do you want? And who would you love to have the business? Right, right. And is there is there anything, you know, is there sort of a common trend maybe that you've seen um, through the years of doing this that seems to be kind of the common mistake, that that thread that that generally goes through business owners where um, uh, where they fail to kind of understand what they're going to be going through or um, um, just sort of that, that, that common mistake that you consistently see businesses make when it comes time? I think a lot of the common mistake is that, um, it's the best way to say, describe it, there's probably two components to this. One is they might do something early on with their, you know, their attorney, you know, get a buy-sell agreement in place because they might be partners or they've mm-hmm. done some basic planning and then it gets put on a shelf and it hasn't been addressed. And so now it's 20, 25 years later, we've got a, a buy-sell agreement or a plan in place that's really not relevant anymore. Right. Um, so we see that as a, as a, as a frequent problem. Mm-hmm. Great. You've got a plan. Bad news. It's a bad plan. You, yeah. know, you're better off, yeah. you know, you're almost better off not having a plan in, in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and the other mistake that we see a lot of times is that um, they don't build a full team. They don't take a holistic approach to the, to the process. Mm-hmm. You know, so it might be they're just sitting with their with their lawyer and going, great, yep, just throw some documents together, or with their accountant saying, yeah, I think it's worth this, rather right. than going through the entire process and bringing in the different uh, perspectives and experts that you need to really put together a whole holistic uh, plan that's going to address, you know, family issues. It's going to address, you know, what you're going to do post transactions, the financial side, mm-hmm. the business side. It's a lot of moving pieces when you're talking about a business because it's mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many hours you spend in your business. I spend too many. So there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of complexity to that as yeah. to what's going to how it interacts with the rest of your life. Right. And one of the things I want to talk about as it relates to you, you know we kind of mentioned valuing the business is mm-hmm. especially if if I'm the founder of a business, um, it seems like one of the challenges is removing my emotions from understanding what my business is really worth and who I would want to sell it to. Um, I imagine that's something that you face fairly regularly. So how do you deal with someone or kind of talk someone through this process whenever emotionally they're tied to this business and they're not looking at their exit as a, as a business transaction? So what we do in those scenarios is we, we might say to them, all right, would you pay this for your business? You know, starting with that standpoint, and they say, oh, "Of course, yeah. I would." Okay, now show me how you're going to get it financed. Mm-hmm. Show me how you're going to make this work financially to get to get there. Mm-hmm. And usually, that's where it falls down because you know, when we talk business valuations for the vast majority of business, it's it ultimately comes down to does the cash flow support the debt service and the return on investment for somebody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it if it doesn't, it's you know, it's not viable for someone to come in and purchase it. Right. You know, if you've got like a situation where, you know, you're a big company and a private equity buyer is going to come in, those are different scenarios. But for the vast majority of businesses, someone's coming in to buy your job. Mm-hmm. So how much would you pay for your job? Mm-hmm. And how do I afford to do that? Right. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. That, uh, to your point, that kind of helps um, tear down the case a little bit sometimes whenever they yeah. have to think through uh, the real details of that and how it's all going to work. Yeah, a lot of you know business owners love to talk in the context of the opportunity. 
Right. Oh, this business is such an opportunity for you, you know, for this next buyer and all the things they're going to get. Said, yes, mm-hmm. that's why they're they're buying it today, but they're not going to pay you for that. But that's right. not there because they have to build it. Yeah, yeah. They have to create the opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned in there was the financing piece of that. And so um, just to kind of switch on the other side of the of the desk there, uh, someone that's maybe, you know, looking into purchasing some mm-hmm. business and looking into that side of it. Um, you know, obviously there's some traditional ways, but do you, have you, over the course of the last 20 years, have you seen any... Um, kind of creative ways that people's people have come up with uh, how they can finance the business, how they can get into that environment um, without, you know, maybe some of the more standard traditional, you know, without having a, a lump sum sitting in front of them. Yes. So, I mean, particularly if we're talking more of a, an internal transaction versus an, an external transaction, mm-hmm. there are lots of ways that we can, we can do those types of things. So maybe there's a building that you're, that you're renting from the owner, you're going to rent from the owner. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we pay them a little bit with more additional rent or we keep them on as an, an employee for an extended period of time to give them some cash flow or, you know, a lot of owners, uh, owners run, you know, their vehicles and some expenses through the business. So maybe we make, you know, accommodations for that over an extended period of time, maintaining health insurance, you know, so there's some, some ways to do it that aren't necessarily related to the purchase price, but allow you to get there. A lot yeah. of times just understanding what, what that seller really needs. Sometimes it's not just the the bottom line number, it's the manner in which that number comes to them. So you can be very flexible from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things you mentioned in there is, again, whether you're doing this as an internal and external. So do you have any thoughts on sort of pros and cons of, um, you know, looking at ways to transition the business externally to an employee or two that are interested in taking that over versus um, saying, you know what, I'm just going to do a complete exit, sell this to somebody else and, and move on 100%. And again, some of it is the the motivation. There's when you're looking at selling to an employee frequently, it's, there's a, an emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about your legacy. You know, you're selling because you, you know, may really like these people, maybe love them, and you want to see them be successful and succeed. Right. And you also know that from a legacy standpoint, they're going to protect what, you, what you've built to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So there's some value in that standpoint. There's also value in, you know, doing the deal with the devil you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. good, good, bad, or indifferent. If I know this person, I'm going to take financing. You know, or if I'm going to be at risk at some level in this, I'd rather it be with, you know, my trusted employees or family members versus the guy who's walked out off the street. Right. Um, so that that's some of the benefits of the of the inside transaction, along with the flexibility of how you can structure it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the advantages of an external is usually, you know, it's a lot more cash. We don't we don't have to put at risk some of those relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, that might come with with doing a transaction. So. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I still have my business. Right. Um, right. And if it does work, great. I got a nice check and, and hopefully I've mitigated my risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and along those lines, you know, here's maybe the um, um, one of the most emotionally tied types of transaction transactions, um, you know, second generation, third generation. Yeah. And certainly there are a lot of emotions uh, that get tied to that. It's harder to kind of separate those um, in that environment. So what are some tips that you've, um, uh, you know, that you've created or, or maybe some advice that you would give to people that are 
that are thinking about doing that, keeping the business in the family, but want a clean exit of the business. So, you know, shameless plug here. We didn't, we wrote a book, my father and I, exactly on this topic is on the internal transition from the perspective of the acquirer. Yeah. It's called Buying Out the Boss, The Successor's Guide to Succession, because everything that's written out there is related to the exiting owner. Right. And there's a whole, in the whole different world that happens when you're looking at buying the company you're, you're working for, mm-hmm. um, whether it's family or, you know, you're just a key employee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, what we suggest a lot of times is when we have those close relationships is to bring in a third party in an intermediary like ourselves to, to manage that process because the, there's too much at risk for both sides. If this deal goes bad, mm-hmm. you know, we call it, we call it opening Pandora's box. Yeah. Once I say to an owner that I want to buy or the owner says, do you want to buy to the successor And the parties say, yeah, we're interested. We've changed the nature of that relationship. Right. Um, and so we want to be able to uh, make sure it doesn't get damaged if the transaction doesn't go the way we want it to go, you know, mm-hmm. that we still have those pieces in place. Because, you know, candidly, from a seller's perspective, the, the, the risk is you lose this key employee. Right. You know, and from the, from the buyer's risk, I could lose a job. Yeah. You know, and my yeah. family's life. So, you, you know, you're in a very, very precarious position. So having an intermediary who's working on behalf of the transaction, mm-hmm. you know, versus either side, it goes like we know what we want to get done. Here's how we do it for the best of for the best of both of you. Right, right. Now, if I'm in a situation that I am, um, you know, I'm not really looking to exit yet, but I know some point in the future I will be, and I know I need to get the value up on my business. But maybe I'm not really looking to scale to increase gross. <laughs> um, but you know, there's some ways out there just to to. Um, increase the valuation of my business? What what can I do to be thinking about making sure that my business is as valuable as it can be so that when I decide that this is the year, this is the time that I know I'm, the business is really ready for that? Yeah. So the ideal situation is that the business can run without you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where you want to get to in, in that standpoint. Yeah. Because if you do that, there's a variety of options available to you, even if you don't want to scale. You know, if you want to get to the business where it's comfortable and you can go in when you want to go in or you're working on the things you want to work on, you're not in the weeds on a day-to-day basis. Right. So that is for, for us always the objective for someone who's thinking about where they want to go with the business, whether they want to scale or not. One of the ways to, to do that is become very popular with, you know, a lot of small, mid-size, you know, second stage companies is the implementation of like a growth management system. So something like... Uh, if you're familiar with EOS, stands for an operating system oh, yeah. traction, or yeah. um, you know, scaling up from uh, with Rockefeller habits from Vern Harnish, those types of systems really help you know build your management and leadership teams, create that alignment on your vision, and start to solve those those kind of pain points and issues that you have. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of work with a model called Predictable Success. We're one of the licensees for that, which looks at not only how do you get successful, but how do you stay successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, looking at those and finding the right one that fits for you or building your own own framework for managing the business so you can work on the business of the business mm-hmm. is the best thing that you can do for as, as an owner. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if this is really in your area of expertise, but maybe just um, experience that you've had in the past. You know, we, we've talked, you've mentioned several times, kind of been talking about when you're at that, at that next level, kind of at that tier two, 
Um, a lot of businesses are in tier one and have kind of been there for a while, you know, where they, um, yeah. it's enough to create a job. It's enough that they've got some income and maybe they have a small team, but they're not really to that point that they have a true uh, company. You know, there, there's not a right. process working behind them. In, in the experience you've had in working with businesses of different sizes, have you seen um, anything that kind of helps people maybe get from point A to point B, you know, when they're, they're five, 10 years in and they're still in that, uh, in that day-to-day mode, but they're really trying to get to that next level. Um, some yeah. things that they can start implementing to do that. We do see the growth, you know, the growth management systems working even at that, that level. It's a little more complex because it's, you don't have this huge team to, to rely on, but right. even if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, I'm going to take X number of hours a week or a month to focus on the business of the business and go through those exercises right. and, um, you know, build your strategy, work on it every, every month, every quarter, think about how do you get better? Do you, you know, go get some executive coaching, join peer forums, you know, that kind of be that sponge and learn about how do you grow your business out past that point right. and implement those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, those are the, the best things I can do. Coaching, I think, is a great a great avenue. You know, good, solid executive coaching, you know, that um, is going to get you focused. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as an, an owner in a company that size, you're doing everything. Right. You know, you've got your hands in everything. So it starts, coaching can help you say, all right, this is where I should be focusing the attention. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and get you through the, get you out of the weeds a little bit. So it's a good model for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I'm a firm believer in the same. Um, there's, there are a lot of things that we can learn through a good coach and a good advisory board and, and uh, having yeah. some people around us. You know, there's, there's really a lot of truth to this idea about it being lonely on the top. And even if the top is a business mm-hmm. of, you know, two. So having those people to go to, to be able to talk through these things that can help kind of lead you in the right direction. There's a lot of value to that. And uh, so that's a really great point, making sure we find good mentors and coaches that can help us through those things. Yeah. And if you can find something like the round tables, like the Edward Lowe Foundation mm-hmm. um, has a licensed model perspectives. It's a lot of the local you know, economic development organizations run these things and they're, you know, they're very inexpensive for, you know, to participate in, you know, a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a year. And you've got now this whole group of peers that you can talk to confidentially, you know, right. that are going to help you grow your business versus, you know, some of the EO and Vistage, which might be a, a little bit more expensive for, for these companies to, to be able to right. take on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's a great point. So, um, so here's the tough question for you, Michael, what's your exit strategy? What's your plan? I know obviously your dad's still involved in the business and your second generation there. So what does that look like? So it's interesting. Um, from, from our perspective, my exit plan is to just someday gradually retire. I don't have an interest in trying to build the business to scale to the level where mm-hmm. I'd have employees and uh, those types of things because it's, you know, in the consulting, as you know, <laughs> consulting advisory work, it's, it's hard to, hard to find the, the different talents and such. Right. And I've learned that my, my skill set and expertise is not in managing people. Yeah. It's in yeah. guiding, advising and executing. So I use, you know, in our business, I use a lot of outsource resources mm-hmm. Um to, to help us with the execution side of things. So, yeah. you know, a little bit, it's kind of weird to hear a succession plan. I tell you, I don't have a succession plan, well, but it is to get out. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think that's great. And that's, uh, that's, that's what the thing that's kind of a point that I want to make with that is that, um, 
you know, not every business, not every business owner has to have that mindset to say, well, I'm selling in three years, I'm selling in five years. Um, you made a comment in there that I think is really, really important for people to hear is that you understand where your skill set is, where your skill set's not. And if you don't have a skill set around uh, leading and managing people, if you don't have a skill set around um, scaling processes, if you don't have, you know, there's some things that are involved in scaling and building a business to a point that makes it, um, uh, it makes it where you can sell it and, and create that type of exit strategy. Uh, so, you know, the key is you need to understand what your strategy is um, as opposed to just saying, well, I'm just going to keep working until I die. And then I guess the money stops. Exactly. And, you know, you, we have to make sure that we're at least thinking about that in our business. And depending on what stage of the business you're in, sometimes that's a hard thing to think about. Um, you know, you, you if you're, you know, 35 years old and you're, you're running your business, it's hard to think about an exit strategy, but, um, but it's, it's good to have those things in mind and it's good to be thinking about as far as the value of your business and how you're generating profits in your business. Um, whether you're looking to sell soon or whether you know, Hey, eventually I've got, I'm going to exit the business and this is what it's going to look like. And I want to make sure I've generated as much value for myself and my family as I can when it's time to do that. Exactly. Cause it does drive, you know, those types of uh, just day-to-day decisions sometimes, you know, I'll have days I'm like, I need employees to do this or that. And I think, no, that doesn't fit into the strategy. It doesn't fit into where I want to get to. Right. So you kind of wind back. And it's the same thing for a lot of our, our clients who we advise, you know, mm-hmm. kind of fall into those who can't teach. So, yeah, that's <laughs> right. on, you know, on, on those types of things. But it's, yeah. you know, if you're thinking about hiring someone or making a capital investment, understand how that's going to impact your, your exit. Even though the exit yeah. might be 10 years away. Right. Look at it strategically within that that framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's what happened. You know, unfortunately, for a lot of business owners, as they get closer towards that end, they stop making those decisions. You know, the to invest or to hire, and things get tired and old. Right. And then they've lost the the value that they've built over these years because they didn't they didn't think about it in that context of what a buyer is going to look like mm-hmm. uh, when they come in and see just that piece of equipment is kind of tired and. You know, the owner's doing too much, all those different things. You have to constantly be looking towards that exit Yeah, in your yeah. business decisions. Excellent. Well, Michael, thank you so much. Um, so before we get out of here, tell us, how can we learn more about uh, your firm and uh, uh, how can we get access to the book? How can we kind of learn more about what you're doing out there? Yeah. Fantastic. So you can find us on, on the web at van, V-A-N-N-group.com. Um, and that's got all the resources on, on what we do and who we are. And then with the book, it's uh, the website is buyingoutheboss.com, and you can buy that there. And if you uh, plug in the code "be the boss," it'll give you the book for ten dollars versus the sixteen dollars that Amazon uh, charges. So, good, good. Well, Michael, thank you so much for some uh, great information. Uh, we'll have links to those in the show notes. So be sure to go check out uh, his page and, and uh, check out the book uh, if, if you are at all kind of thinking about what this strategy will look like for you. Van uh, or Michael, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and sharing your information with the audience and appreciate everything that you're doing out there. No problem, Kyle. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. 
Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.